goodness. The one of one is missing. Uh-uh. I knew something was up. Pop, that's almost twice as much going for the same price. I just freaking love that Raider rookie logo. Doing more buying. Which one of these five quarterbacks has the worst set of pass catchers to throw the football to? Guess how much I sniped this for an option. Number five, you dirty yep. animal. I'm telling you, these optic on-card autos are money. Huh? Huh? All righty, let's go. Football cards collecting and investing. His name is Andy. My name is Carter, and you guys are here for mostly NFL football card chatter, but we are actually going to start off today's show chatting college football cards. Now, comment down below, and I want whoever you are watching this, if you're in the live chat or if you're just watching this down the road, do you collect college cards? But in particular, are you buying any Bowman U cards? So, Andy, I go to you. I know you're more pro than college, but have the college cards tickled your interest? A little bit, man, I, especially after some of these price spikes I've seen this past weekend. Uh, I'm very interested. I can see the market is reactive to what happens in college football. Uh, I can also see that there's a limited supply of college football cards, so prices could spike quite severe on some players. And it's very interesting to me because I, I'm finding more and more college football fans that also are into football cards and they're doing a lot of uh, college football card collecting and investing, dealing the whole nine yards. Yeah, and we see some in our Discord, whether it be Chad, Derek, Gaby, Card Stacks, whoever it may be. I know there's a lot of you that love college uniform cards, but we are mostly NFL. So um, here's what I'll say, Andy, coming from a college football guy, right? I love the NFL, so watch the NFL, but most of the YouTube stuff that I do is college stuff. That is up my wheelhouse. But just keep in mind, of course, the college market isn't close to what the NFL market is, but it's still the second most watched sport on a game-by-game -game basis that we have in America behind, of course, NFL football. And Andy, the one thing that really sticks out about this year in college football are the quarterbacks, right? And the guy that's obviously the biggest name right now in the sport isn't necessarily Caleb Williams. It's Shadur Primetime Sanders. Man, Shadur Sanders looking like a, a rocket ship this past weekend. And I've seen some absolutely crazy sales on his uh, his Onyx cards, Carter. Onyx, Onyx cards that, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just wild. So if you look at an Onyx card, it's it's like a cardstock card. And here, these are sold transactions. I mean, this is non-autograph base Onyx, so it's not licensed, doesn't have like a team name and stuff like that on there. And it's $50, $50 in a buy it now. That was yesterday, Sunday, in reaction to what happened on Saturday. It's crazy. And I have a few of these cards of LSU players over here. And what's interesting about this is not only is it not licensed, Andy, it's also a photo from his Jackson State uh, days. Uh, so now he is with the Colorado Buffaloes. And what I love about Onyx, I actually met some of the 
uh, Onyx reps. I have a, a ton of Onyx cards over here, including Jaden Daniels, my quarterback's uh, Onyx autograph cards. What's very interesting, Andy, is while they aren't licensed, they do have a lot of relationship with these college athletes. But the card that you know interests most people are the Bowman University cards in general. So for me, I, I love them. I do think it could become a thing. And one guy that we've not mentioned is Michael Penix. And one thing that is very fascinating about all these college quarterbacks is NFL draft season is huge, right? So once the NFL gets going and some of these college quarterbacks, some of the buzz here kind of wears off, it could be a huge buying opportunity for every single one of you because NFL draft season gets crazy. And if there's more autographed cards of these quarterback prospects, this hype, this hobby is all about hype and what they can do at the next level. Exactly, Carter. And with the the market becoming more and more um, accepting of Bowman University, and I think a lot of it does have to do with the fact this is a tops product. Uh, and yeah. obviously, you know, now they've got licensing in place and stuff. So they are working uh, with team logos and names. And this I think this becomes even more interesting as we move forward. I think this does become uh, pretty much like the flagship brand sets and most desirable cards for these college players. I would love to see them uh, grow their checklist and include more uh, um, uh, freshmen and sophomores in college yeah. in these sets and, and maybe some of these smaller conferences like uh, the Colorado Buffaloes. I'm sure they're not in a very large college conference. So obviously we don't have Bowman University cards of Shadur yet. We don't even have Bowman University cards of guy like Joe Milton playing for Tennessee. So yeah. um, I think I, I think you're going to see this market continue to grow and the sales volume backs that up. These cards are still doing quite well when you have pro uniform sets out. Like my Hendon Hooker is a prime example, Carter. I was still able to get out of that card for $40. Um, even though the guy's a, a backup and he's got pro uniform autos out that aren't going for that much more. I think it was the combination of the the first logo in the top of the Bowman University. And and people, when they hold that card in their hand, it, you can feel that it's made with some good quality. It's, it's a good Topps Chrome card. We'll get back to Bowman U if you have more questions on it. Like, I am in it. Like, I got a whole stack of one of my favorite players here, Mason Smith's cards right here um a lot of these were just given to me as gifts here's a gold autographed uh refractor they are beautiful cards especially if you are a tops person and especially if you do baseball because you're familiar with bowen you but we move to the nfl andy this is right up your wheelhouse man we are just a few days away from the beginning of the actual season so in terms of sales volume, what has been the biggest thing that you have noticed as we're just days away from kickoff? One eternity later. I think I think he went mute. I can't hear him. Can y'all hear him? Oh, snap. How long have I been mute for? I, I, think I've been... You, I, I was like trying to figure... I, I, cra I cracked my drink open over here and I put myself on mute temporarily oh, okay. and then and then I forgot to unmute it. So pro tip, if you mute yourself, remember to unmute yourself. Um, so 
No, the 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 biggest thing that jumps out off at me is is right. The volume has been fantastic across the board. I mean, looking at the the PSA added, uh, the PSA added volume, the buy it now volume. What's interesting is you have Justin Herbert still uh, surpassing everybody in wow. auction sold volume. But if you look at his buy it now volume, he is. Uh, about 20, 20 graded cards fewer than Joe Burrow. He's lower than Trevor Lawrence. He's lower than Jalen Hurts by quite a few. You can see Jalen Hurts is actually in the buy it now lead week over week in his graded volume, uh, graded sold volume. But his his cheapest available rookie ticket auto is still about a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars lower than than Burrow and Herbert. Uh, so yeah, volume volume is is crazy across the board. PSA has had a record month in terms of football cards uh, submitted and added to their database. Trevor Lawrence at a thousand. This is week over week data. Two Carter, Kenny Pickett, nine ninety. Uh, so you can see there's been quite a few of these uh, quarterbacks, young quarterbacks that uh, that are being submitted. They're being sold. Uh, a lot of volume happening right now on eBay. Um, I did mention that the Travis Kelsey news about him hyperextending his knee, possibly not being available for Thursday's night game, is probably the biggest news that blew my socks off today. Wow. Yeah. Um, let, let me start with uh, the quarterback thing. It's still crazy to me that Jalen Hurts is that much cheaper than Herbert, who's not done anything, but uh, in terms of winning. Now, how much better or worse is Jalen Hurts than Justin Herbert? I would say they're probably even. I, I Obviously, Jalen Hurts is the more complete package, but Justin Herbert obviously has, you know, the cyborg arm and uh, playmaking ability to his, his name. I am – if I was a Justin Herbert buyer, I would be seriously worried that – I just bought somebody unbelievably hyped up that I know is very good, but still might not ever get there. And that's where I kind of think about, and I'm going to be real with you, Andy. I think about Herbert Byers a lot. I really do because there, there must be, unless you just really love them and you're a Chargers fan or an Oregon Ducks fan, there, there has to be some kind of nerves that goes along with it. And look, I'm a Joe Burrow collector. He's not won a Super Bowl yet, but at least he's gotten there. At least he's been to an AFC championship game. And in that last AFC championship game, he barely lost that one. So yeah, I, I am the and I am curious in the chat right now if you are a Justin Herbert uh buyer or collector. Yeah, I think the big thing is going to be what's their passing game going to be like, you know, and, and this is like a make or break year, I think, for Justin Herbert and his investors. Uh, his owners in, in all formats, um, it, you know, is Quentin Johnson going to pan out? Is he going to help their passing game, bringing over Kellen Moore uh, from the Dallas Cowboys? Is that going to help the passing game? His A dot was terrible last year. He dealt with the banged up ribs, you know, so that's a big, I think the a big component that was missing last year that they need to get right this year for him to have a chance. And then also, they had a massive weakness in their defensive secondary last year. They paid like $83 million to CJ Jackson from um, from the New England Patriots and he or JC Jackson, sorry. And and he was and like he was a total dud last year. So can he actually live up to his potential this year? And then can Joey Bosa stay healthy? Him and Khalil Mack on the line when they were healthy were nasty. So I think they have a ton of potential. But the expectations are high. The hype is high. So 
it, it makes sense to me why I could potentially sell one rookie ticket auto Justin Herbert for 2500 and buy two Jalen Hurts. I think I would take that trade. Like if someone yeah. presented that to me as a trade, I'm taking it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, if you are a Herbert buyer, you're like, oh my God, I hope this Travis Kelsey news is like really serious. Uh, because if Kelsey's not there, I do think the Chiefs will continue to win, but it does drastically increase the Chargers' possibility of winning their own division when the GOAT quarterback that everyone, you know, has crowned the GOAT, uh, Mahomes, uh, he's in your own division. And that's where I think uh, it, it gets interesting. And that's what's kind of nervous for me as a Burrow collector. Now, I'm not a high-end Burrow collector, more so as college uni stuff, but still – Lamar Jackson's back in that division too. So I worry about this as, as a Joe Burrow guy, but still it, it's very interesting. Now we do have a lot of Kenny Pickett cha uh, chatter uh, going on in, in the chat. And we have touched on pretty much everything that we wanted to get to as far as the beginning of this episode. So your comments do go a long way. Um, but yeah, I see a Justin Herbert, Dan Marino uh, comparison uh, here. I, I could see it put up big numbers uh, and and not actually produce. But we'll see. He's got Kellen Moore coming in, uh, who everyone says is one of the best OCs. I do agree with that. I think he's a great play caller. So we shall see. Now, Andy, I want to go to you here. Outside of the QB sales volume, is there anything else that has really popped out to you um, uh, as, as we're a few days from the year? Well, I mean, you, you still have this massive disparity in like, if you look at the elite skill position players, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, you have this disparity between their rare cards, their rare rookie autos, and then the base cards. Uh, we, we see them lag behind significantly, especially for Jamar Chase. You can still find like optic hollows and silver prisms for like 20 bucks. Right. And and I, and I just don't think that's going to change. So there is just like, you know, that's just like a, a, a disclaimer, public service announcement that it, especially if you're new getting into the hobby, you may want to go find a rookie card of these guys um, and you may find it for like five, ten bucks and think it's a great deal. Or maybe you're paying up to twenty dollars because you're also finding uh, stuff for like first year players, like rookies out of out of the gate that you're thinking, oh, well, this is a similar card to Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and it's going for twenty dollars. But the the upside's. It's it's hard to find the upside in the uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, just because of how many other products are out there for them. Yeah, and just a disclaimer here. Uh, you know, I move a lot of my stuff and look to keep other things. I did have a Leaf one of one Joe Burrow go for a sale this weekend. It was cracked ice. And then I had a Leaf one of one clear Justin Jefferson go on sale. So these are college uni unlicensed cards um i'm building you know a separate business right now and i needed i needed some funds so i sold both of them 99 cent auction andy they ended at the same time last night and i want you to guess what the prices were for both of them joe burrow versus justin jefferson interesting um leaf one of one justin jefferson versus joe burrow 
That was that was one card, or are you saying you had two it different one of ones? It was two separate cards that ended at the same time last night, um, and they were one of one leaf cards, non autoed. I'm, I'm guessing non autoed. Right? Yeah, non autoed. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess that the Joe Burrow one went for like sixty dollars, and the Justin okay. Jefferson one went for forty dollars. Okay, the Justin Jefferson one went for one forty one. Ooh. And the Joe Burrow one went for a hundred ten. Really? I, it I, went I, for I, lower I, than the Justin Jefferson. Yes, I was shocked. I kind of did it as an experiment for the show. I wasn't going to tell you till the end. Uh, but you brought up Justin Jefferson. I will. I will say this as a massive fan of all of these guys. All right. Obviously. Every LSU fan is going to be like Burrow number one, right? He's in the background of every one of these uh, shows that I do. Every show that I do, this Joe Burrow painting is back there. Justin Jefferson's stuff right now, Andy, is so unbelievably hot. And I understand he's a wide receiver. I get it. But I will say, once again, this is anecdotally just a few weeks ago that we were together at the National I saw an obscene amount of Justin Jefferson stuff being moved. I saw obscene amounts of Justin Jefferson sales. I saw two Justin Jefferson sales on some really nice uh, pro-uniform license uh, National Treasures Auto stuff for thousands. I do feel he's a little bit different than everybody right now, Andy, and, and that kind of proved it to me last night as well. I agree, man. His cheapest rookie ticket auto on the market right now is pushing a thousand dollars. I mean, he he he's in a different stratosphere uh, than than other players, and it it's a great example of how a position at a singular level can be so good that it doesn't matter if his team makes the playoffs or the Super Bowl. If he's that dominant uh, at his position. And he he's setting those records. He's the a wide receiver one in di- dynasty fantasy. Yeah. Uh, and I don't see it, I don't see them slowing down at all this year. Like it, it, there's one guy that's going to beat us this weekend. Talking in terms of my Tampa Bay traveling to Minnesota to play the Vikings is going to be Justin Jefferson, man. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I think something else could be that he is the consensus number one fantasy football pick in every format that's not super flex. Uh, So I I think that adds to the allure here, but uh, he's just reached another stratosphere for me because, you know, I, I don't know. I I like him and Jamar about the same, but I'm like, God, just this Jefferson stuff is just so freaking hot right now. It's, it's blowing uh, my, my, my freaking mind. And as, as Brad pointed out, the Vikings signed TJ Hawkinson to that big deal. And Jordan Addison is there. And I, I I'm drafting actually a lot of Jordan Addison in the uh in thinking that they're gonna, you know, double team freaking Justin Jefferson like crazy. So there you go. My biggest flips, my biggest, some of my biggest flips this preseason have been Jordan Addison. I was able to snipe a couple Jordan okay. Addison rookie premier hollows back at the end of July, Carter, for under $20. This is when they were kind of initially rolling out, and I was talking about them. I was able to grab a couple, uh, sold those for uh, one for 60 and the other one for 75 So, and, and I bought those for like $15, uh, $17. 
uh, with uh, one of them was even a plain white envelope shipping uh, out the door and a, a massive flip on those of, of 4X. So, um, hey, man, I see the hype and, and I get it, man. Their, their offensive scheme with Kevin O'Connell, that offense is high pace. We also know the defense. If I'm looking at their biggest weaknesses, it's, it's their defense, man. They've got holes all over the place on their defense. Uh, but yeah, they've got a decent offensive line. They've got Kirk Cousins and they've got uh, Justin Jefferson, who was double covered at the highest rate last year. I think almost 20% double coverage rate for George, uh, Justin Jefferson last year. And he was still able to succeed against that, <laughs> like one of the highest rates in the league, if not the highest. So um, it's it's pretty insane, man. Uh, and and I think yeah, Jordan Addison could definitely be a big factor. TJ Hawkinson too. If Travis Kelsey misses any extended amount of time, could TJ Hawkinson be the new uh, tight end one with his athletic ability, that offensive upside they've got? I mean, is it is it possible TJ Hawkinson sees a big uh, appreciation in his card values, even if the Vikings aren't necessarily uh, winning a lot of games? And and just because he becomes a new tight end one, I see some dynasty guys. They're ranking T.J. Hawkinson as as tight end one. Yeah, I wouldn't even know where to begin with this football cards. I've always just uh, avoided tight ends altogether. But I want everyone's opinion here. I've drafted this guy a lot because the fantasy experts like him a lot. I personally don't, but I keep seeing everyone tell me Mark Andrews is a second coming. Um, I love Lamar. I freaking love Lamar. I can't love him too much because he's in Joe Burrow's division. But, uh, I mean, I I don't know. I, I'm trying to think, well, if Mark Andrews goes off, do I want some of his cards? I normally like to get a few cards of the players that I draft a lot of. But uh, do, uh, do you all think Mark Andrews has a chance to be the TE1 now? He does, but he's just not a sexy pick. It's not as sexy of, uh, as TJ exactly. Hawkinson. That's what it is. And you look at Mark Andrews rookie cards. A lot of them are like the Aaron Rodgers cards. They're practice uniform. Right. You know, he didn't get a rated rookie logo. It's it's uh, you know, they did some goofy stuff in 2018 by taking off the rookie card logo when they put on autographs and stuff. So he's got that to contend with. And I, I do believe that with the Ravens, a lot of it comes back to Lamar. But then there's going to be a lot of focus this year on Zay Flowers as well. And Odell Beckham's always gets a spotlight. So I don't think that Mark Andrews, I think he's going to be fine. Probably uh, top five tight end easy. Uh, but for a t as a tight end one, I'm actually, I would I would bet on TJ Hawkinson. His cards, wow. his cards are way sexier too. When I look at 2019 rookie cards, there's a ton of eye appeal there. And he's in the full suite of those cards. Okay. Uh, it's also funny that he is best comparable to Travis Kelsey, according to playerprofiler.com. I'm just saying. Interesting. I I, I like it. I, I'm starting to regret the Mark Andrews pick now. <laughs> I've drafted him in two different home leagues, relatively higher states. Uh, but hopefully it pays off because I am not in love with them, but just how it was set up. I was like, well, if I get a good tight end here, I don't have to worry about the waiver wire uh, every single week. So, uh, there we go. Now, um, we'll, we'll move along here to a few other quarterbacks, Andy. And one that I want to chat about is Daniel Jones, right? So this would be a very interesting thing. You know, we talked last week so much about the 
2020 rookie class and how sexy those football cards were and how the sealed wax is. But what I love about Daniel Jones, we get a 2019 rookie. And look, Kyler Murray has been, you know, a disappointment recently. We have no idea what's going to happen there. But can Danny Dimes save the 2019 rookie class? Because one of my favorite rookie ticket autos are his blue rookie ticket autos. They look so good to color match rookie ticket autos from that class. So your thoughts on Danny Dimes buying into that that card market? Well, when you look at the current prices and you compare them to Kyler Murray, uh, you can see that there's upside there because you have a lot of data on Kyler Murray going back the past couple of years and, and Daniel Jones for that matter. But Kyler Murray has been at these levels where he's a lot more hyped up and his market's way down right now. Uh, but I'll tell you, Daniel Jones, he's not doing too bad. Like I, I've got him right next to Tua in our hype ranking. So he's at the Ooh. quarterback 17. And, and that is taking a lot of different factors into consideration, not just fantasy projections and uh, and. And we'll see how that kind of balances out. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, you could look at I, – I found a couple silver prison rookie ticket autos. I found one that was a red numbered out of 199 for like 295 um, that was – buy it now. And and the uh, silver prison rookie ticket auto was 200 uh, And I've seen those cards get well over $1,000 for Kyler Murray. I mean, that used to be a, a floor of $1,000 for Kyler Murray. And now – you know, Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones are at the same level, but $200 for that kind of card is not too much higher than a guy like DK Metcalf. You know, so it's you, you can see a lot of upside in the current. Now, his prices have gone up. His prices have gone up about 20 to 30 percent throughout this preseason just across the board. But um, when you look at the potential upside with the scarcity from 2019 and kind of that quality and the eye appeal that a lot of those 2019 sets have, um, you can definitely, definitely paint a picture to where Sunday night football, uh, the Giants really impress a lot of people. And I do think Daniel Jones is going to bring along a guy with him, whoever that is. I know he's got that rushing upside as well. Um, you got Saquon there as a primary running back. But um, I do think uh, a receiver's coming along with Daniel Jones here in, in appreciation. Maybe it's Darren Waller. Maybe it's the rookie Jalen Hyatt. Maybe Paris Campbell may, does something out there or one of those other guys. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, yeah, you got a, lot of, got a lot of upside in making that play there. But I, I would say, and you know, it could go either way. The, the strength of the Dallas Cowboys is their pass rush. They've got a strong defense. And uh, Dak Prescott, you know, even though he led the league in interceptions last year, I think they're looking to bounce back from that this year. They're going to be aggressive as well. So let's see what happens. Yeah, share. I, I'm sharing my screen here, Andy. Uh, I want you to put this up and just look at these cards, man. They are gorgeous. I just love the way the, the autograph looks on these cards. Uh, it, it's just a very... Not the prism. Where did I see? I was blowing it up just to. I think it was the other way. Yeah, I think it's up here. Let's see. Uh, no, it wasn't. Let me get out of here. But still, I just, I just love the way that these cards look from 2019. There you go, right here. Man, just look at that, man. Just a nice, clean autograph and this blue optic on card, mm. man. God, man, that is. Just and I'm not even a Danny Dimes guy. I'm just like, God, if they make any kind of run 
We know Dable can coach. I mean, dude, just all these cards just look absolutely gorgeous. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, just from a football card nerd standpoint, I would just love, love 2019 stuff uh, to get hot again, right? But, God, man, I just – that blue color match, woo, woo, that's absolutely gorgeous, man. So, uh, there you go. Um, Andy, as always, you know, when we get to this – portion we like to get to hobby tip of the week and i'll let you go first go right ahead man uh sure sure you know so one one thing i would say if you're shipping out a lot of cards you know a conventional printer it may not be what you want what you want all right you may want to get a thermal printer you can actually buy one of these things for about 150 dollars, and the ink on them lasts a long time but it's the time that it saves you in slapping labels on envelopes and packages. So I would say if you're shipping out multiple packages a day, you're shipping out at least 10 to 15 packages a week, every time that you have to cut out a label and stick it onto a package and, and use the packing tape, um, I mean, that could that's going to take you a few minutes. Well, I mean, you get yourself one of these little thermal label printers and you just peel that thing off, boom, slap it on, and you're good to go, man. So it's going to save you a ton of time if you're shipping out. Uh, just bite the bullet and do it. It'll save you a ton of time. Yeah, and this is a question you're going to ask yourself. Do I sell enough cards that the time that I spend taping and putting the label on there, could that prevent me from listing one extra card a day? That's a good way to go about it because if I mean, if you think that's yes, then a thermal printer is, you know, less than a Daniel Jones autograph card, if you will. So it comes down to how many cards you sell. But if you're like Andy and you work in this and and you're in it every week, it is without reasonable doubt the right move. If you're like me and you sell maybe two or three cards a week, just cut it out, tape, uh, uh, tape it because you also have a. Your, your actual printer has more uh, things you can do with it, if that makes sense. But I do like the idea of a thermal, 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 thermal printer. Uh, my hobby tip of the week is very simple. Ask yourself how much you love any card, right? Do you think I enjoyed listing a Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson card this past week? No! No, I, I want to keep them all. I want to store them away, keep them all, give them to my grandkids or whatever. Uh, well, I got to have kids before I have grandkids. I think that's how that works. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, ask yourself if you really love it, if you really love that card. Because if not, it's just going to sit there, and that money could be used for something else. Um, and I've just had cards sit and moving it. I'm like, okay, if I don't want to buy this with that money, let me just go – get another card of a player that I really want. So always ask yourself because, you know, one day you'll sit around and say, God, I just have so much crap sitting around. And then it's no longer the hot item. Right. And I asked myself this question, Andy, will Justin Jefferson ever be a hotter commodity than he is right now? Coming off the offense player of the year, being in every single commercial, being the, I, I think he's going to be a legend. I think he will be, um, you know, in that Jerry Rice conversation when his career is over. But right now, it, it, you mix in number one pick in fantasy leagues. You mix in, he's still young and there's a lot of football left to be played. 
ask yourself that question, how much you love card X, because if you are selling some of that you collect, guess what? You're going to have more of those cards of that player. So it's not like you're just getting rid of something and it's just done. So ask yourself that question and it'll help uh, clean out some of your collection. Uh, let's get to a few comments before we get into play of the week. Jane's supposed to talk Kirk Cousins cards from the quarterback Netflix documentary. Andy, have you got your hands onto any Kirk product? Yeah, I've got a couple Kirk rookie cards. You know, that's the first year Prism was made. So you got Kirk, Ryan Tannehill, Russell Wilson in that set. Uh, it's a beautiful card. It's kind of a hard grade just due to the age and some of the imperfections on it, but it's a good card. Uh, I like 2012 Prism. Also, 2012 Tops Chrome would be your highest selling, uh, on average, uh, Kirk Cousins rookie card. He is in like a combine jersey in that card. and uh, But his rookie ticket autos, I would say, is kind of like a sweet spot for me from 2012. I was talking to a guy on Instagram last night. Uh, shout out to Cody. Uh, he bought a Kirk Cousins rookie ticket auto BGS 9.5 for $195. And so if you look at that and compare it to the Daniel Jones, you can paint a picture where there's upside there. But I've been in on Kirk Cousins like, you know, the past couple of years and his numbers have been there. But, you know, it's 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 primetime struggles. Kirk, man, he, he can't get over that hump of of winning those primetime situations when it comes down to the playoffs. And at his age, you know, it's not just numbers he needs. Uh, he really needs that that playoff ascension. He really needs to get a ring on that finger instead of the two chains to make those rookie <laughs> cards go up uh, notably in value. Look at these two, Andy, right here. Kirk Cousins, gold, prism, numbered to 10, 5K, and 6.5K. First year prism, gold, number to 10, rookies. These cards, cards are, dude, these cards are nasty. Um, got the color match as well. Anyone want to donate any money? I, I don't think I could ever talk myself into buying a multiple thousand dollar Kirk Cousins card, but there is some value, Andy, in that first year prism. Yeah, and this is comparable to me. If someone spent a early first round pick in dynasty fantasy startup or rookie draft on Kirk Cousins, and now they are uh, refusing to let go of it for anything less than what they paid for it, <laughs> you know, and, and, and this card right. is so yeah. rare. Like once you let go of a gold first year prism, uh, it's gone. I mean, it's very yeah. hard to come by. So, and it's, it's going to be a car that you pull out a, at a show and it's and turns a bunch of heads, even if it is Kirk cousins, because he still plays and he still puts up good numbers and he's got the best wide receiver in the league. So it's like, he's still very relevant. He just had his prime time and playoff struggles. I, I think that he can overcome them. Will he though? I don't know, man. I, I don't think he does. Cause I think you have uh, a big mix up this year in the NFC North. The NFC North is just up in the air for grabs. And uh, the NFC as a whole has uh, some great teams in it. I think they're getting better to kind of balance out with the the dominant powers of the AFC. Uh, so I'm I'm yeah I'm super excited to see what happens. But I, I've got my exposure there. But it wasn't uh, an early first round pick like that. It wasn't it wasn't a gold prism? <laughs> just some base prisms. Annoy Annoy said 2012 prism will be the new. 90s PMG soon. I hope not because I just moved some of my 
2012 gold prism stuff, but I could see it. I, I, I could see it. Obviously the precious metal gem set. You made an insane profit on the, on those gold 2012 prisms too. So it's hard to argue with that. I, yeah. and that's the other thing, even if Kirk cousins is done, he's like done tomorrow. Uh, that card is still going to be collectible because people are wanting to build that first year prism set, especially with the potential that there is not going to be any more licensed prism after, uh, well, that's, that's already been released for 2022. So that is interesting. And I know I appreciate your, your, your help as well. Helping Andy grow this thing. I could see it. And like knowing what precious metal gems has done for basketball cards and football, uh, I, I could see it prism for for both basketball and football, maybe in the future. The issue is the 2012 rookie class isn't really legendary. Obviously, got Russell Wilson, got Kirk Cousins, and who else is 2012 rookie class off the top of my head? Levante David. Um, yeah. Uh, crap. Let's see. Now that I'm thinking, right, you mentioned Ryan Tannehill, right? Ryan yeah, Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. Um, uh, and, uh, and yeah, but if it got, I don't know why I shouldn't even have brought it up. I'm just drawing such a blank 2012 rookies. Mar- uh, Marcus Colston. You mentioned no, Colston, Col- right? Yeah. Yeah. Colston. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Andrew Luck is obviously. Yeah. Uh, and there you go. There you go. And RG three. Uh, but we go to Chad here and I, I'm, we, we could chat about this as well. Andy, could we see a world where, Prism becomes a tops product. Hey, wilder things have happened. <laughs> so I, I definitely think we could see a world where that happens. Uh, Fanatics is going to have to pull out the uh, the big bucks, but <laughs> I could definitely see a world where that happens. Yeah, you know, as you know, as, as a leaf collector, I'm interested to see what's going to happen now that the CEO is is no longer there. That's the thing, you know. These things can always get bought out. I heard someone mention earlier that uh, rated rookie isn't a Panini thing, but a Donruss thing. So, could uh, I'm interested in the future of rated rookie logos, Andy? Yeah, one hundred percent. So, if it's a Donruss thing, I just uh, maybe I misunderstood, but I always thought so. Either Panini owns Donruss, or they own the licensing rights to Donruss to be able to uh, produce that with the Panini logo uh, through the Panini manufacturing process. So uh, that's yeah, it's interesting because they got a lot of subsidiaries, a lot of those little child brands underneath their parent brand of Panini. Um, you know, a ton of different sets that that we are familiar with going back to the 90s uh, or to the early 2000s. Um, so, yeah, man, the way that the way that all shakes out with the licensing is super, super interesting. It's it's going to impact a lot of stuff, uh, but I, I don't think it necessarily time capsules because I look at the quality of tops and Bowman cards, and I think people are definitely going to be happy if those cards come in and they're fully licensed. I don't I think what could be the the worst possible outcome if we've got two if we've got like a downgraded football card product altogether. If we're like, you know, missing names over here, missing autos over here, we're missing uh team team logos over here, but we got them over here. It's like what is all this hodgepodge cards? Like if somebody needs to get both licenses so they can manufacture a proper football card. Go off king. 
I just don't want to see like half rated cards because these guys are, are fighting against each other. I guess if that's all we got to play with, then yeah. But from a collectible standpoint, I'd rather see higher quality, uh, better cards that are fully licensed from all angles. And Scott, you know, it's the real deal. You know, one thing I think when it comes to the future of football cards, Andy, I was just so shocked how many kids were at the national and how many kids were dealing these hundreds, thousand dollar cards, collections that are way better than mine. And by kids, I mean, kids from mostly like 10 to like 16, right? What I think is going to be interesting is obviously all the kids know Michael Jordan and, and Michael Jordan's impact on cards and Jordan is, is, is his own thing. Right. And I think most kids kind of view Tom Brady the same way, but not quite in terms of the hobby. I do think one dynamic for the future should be how do the younger generation feel about cards of players that are legends, but aren't playing anymore. Right. Like how do kids view Drew Brees cards? How do kids view Tom Brady cards and Peyton Manning cards and, and so on and so on compared to, just buying Sam Howe, just buying Desmond Ritter, just buying uh, whichever young quarterback you want to mention. What do you, what do you think about that future dynamic dynamic from your standpoint? I, I think the younger kids, I think they like the older players. Like I was on a fantasy football podcast with a, uh, a 12 year old young man, uh, very sharp, uh, has his own podcast himself about fantasy football, but okay. he was on, you know, the older players, he was like all, all, talking about how Michael Thomas is super undervalued. And he's like all, all over these veteran guys. And I'm like, oh, man, like I moved off of the veteran guys like Odell Beckham and Michael Thomas. I'm on to, you know, these uh, these younger guys, these first <laughs> first and second year players. And so I think almost the younger generation and I think about myself going back to, you know, when I got into football hot and heavy. Like I, one of the things I remember is like just sitting down night after night and watching the highlight reels and the film of all the hall of famers, you know, like all the goats. And so I, I naturally like right off the bat, um, like wanted to look at who, the, who was the best, the best of all time. And yeah, there's a couple current guys mixed in there, but I think you still have a lot of, uh, you know, goats of all time, like Barry Sanders and Walter Payton and stuff that people can look at and say, man, they just don't make them like that anymore. Uh, and, and yeah, you have some speculative players that could potentially be that, that are close to that. But at the same time, I think, I think what the card market should do Carter is make those, those uh, retired uh, hall of famer players um, as like short print only inserts within sets. They I'd should not, they should keep them rare. They should keep yeah. them pretty rare. So you only hit one every once in a while and it becomes a little bit of a chase for ultra modern stuff. I think they put a little bit too much. I think they should make it rare in all cases, never have a print run over like a hundred yeah. for a, for a hall of famer. Yeah. And if you do like super rare ones, I think that could help out with like non QB, like legends, like, you know, I, I don't know how it feels a kid. If I pulled the, gold number to 10 Troy Palomalu of like a modern card. But if I go to, if, if that kid goes to his dad, the dad could say, Oh, you don't know who you just pulled. That dude was a mother effing dog. 
And the one thing I don't like is we have mentioned too many USC Trojans on this. We don't want that to get to our USC fans. Uh, Brad, and we I know we got a few others out on the West Coast. USC is going to get beat because they don't play defense. But still, um, I, I, I would love that. I love that idea. And my most radical idea is still out there, Andy. If you are a card company and you are listening to this right now, print the number of cards, serial number, every single card you produce, every single one of them, just on the back, every print. This is one. Uh, this is card number one out of ten thousand, two out of ten thousand, three out of ten thousand. Uh, do it. Put in the extra work. It, it can't be that much more work to just. Stand, it's machines anyway so um <laughs> so you no. want the you want the stamped the one that's actually like engraved in the card or would you be okay with the print run that just said one out of three thousand every one of them said one out of three thousand so I, I they, they tell you yeah yeah i would take that like, okay because that's what they do with panini instant now i'm glad they do it a lot of people look at that though and they're like ah it's not a true print run you know that's not a true serial numbered card because there's a specific number. Sometimes that specific number has a bonus for different people. You know, as a book in a Jersey number matches number 13, lucky number, number, lucky number seven, that kind of stuff. So, um, but if they could just print it on there, Carter, you would, you, I mean, that's, that's an upgrade for you, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And one other small little thing that I want to bring up here is I want to talk before we get into play of the week, about going into stores and buying product. This has been the case to me over the past year, Andy, that product is sitting on shelves. I've walked into Walmart and I've seen a lot of select draft pick stuff. Uh, I'm interested in your thoughts on that, Andy. I, I know you're in Tampa at a, a different place than me, but you, I, have you seen uh, wax on shelves at your markets? Yeah, I even see individual packs now. Uh, last time I went to Target, I actually saw a, a hobby box of score that was open and they were selling individual packs out of there. I was like, that's pretty cool. Uh, but that that opens the door for someone, you know, uh, and, and that's why they put those little uh, spacers, the, the fake out like mem cards in the packs now so people can't weigh them. I was yeah, thinking yeah. I was just getting ready to go down the road of someone bringing a little scale in their pocket <laughs> to the store and weighing packs out the figure out which ones they want. I think it's great for kids and younger people and adds more strategy to it now as well. So the kid is actually incentivized to do a little research on his phone, whether it's eBay, whether it's a cardboard connection, Beckett to kind of look at uh, the different sets and, and get an understanding of which one's the better sets. And they go and buy, save up their money because there's nothing, there's nothing worse than as a kid saving up your allowance money or your hard earned like lawn mowing money, uh, paper route money to go to a store and there not be anything there for you to buy, you know, and, and a lot of kids, that's the only access they have to that. Uh, a lot of their parents are maybe old school or just living under a rock. Don't use technology. They can't go. Uh, they don't go onto eBay or Amazon to buy product and, and have it sent to them. So the kids only Avenue to get cards is going to a local shop. And if they got nothing there for them, that kind of stinks. That really stinks actually. Uh, so it's nice to have something there. Just want to be careful. It's not too much, you know, May, maybe keep one of the one or two of these sets, have it a, a, a nice, healthy print run for retail, but then uh, try and dial back. Like they should have never taken select retail, you know, they should they just shouldn't have done that. But, um, you know, that was a little overboard, but I do like seeing product in stores for the kids. 
Yeah, and they put Aaron Rodgers on those select boxes at stores at first. And I was like, I out of all quarterbacks, you put Aaron Rodgers on there. Um, now we get to play of the week. And if you want to get your question answered before uh, the end of this live stream, go ahead, fly it on in here. Uh, if you send a super chat, it all goes to support Andy. We'll go to your question immediately. Um, Andy, for me, play of the week. So here's what's interesting. Okay. Andy, who was my play of the week last week? Do you remember? Oh man, this is the, now you now you're challenging me. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I'm going to give it to you, and it hit big. Was Riley Leonard? I said last week he's a college quarterback for Duke. And what did he do yesterday? He didn't have the best game, but he upset Dabo Sweeney in front of millions playing for Duke. And I was like, go buy you some Riley Leonard stuff. I haven't been able to get any because I've been sniped a little bit and I've been busy during how some of these auctions have ended. But Riley Leonard, I'm telling you, uh, as far as like college quarterbacks are are concerned, there's no one else. Uh, you see you know, in the thumbnail for just now joining us. We started the live stream off talking about Bowman Hugh. But what I will say, uh, uh, and you see, I'm, I love me some Riley Leonard. I do. Uh, that Clemson defense is tough. I mean, he's not throwing to the best skill position guys, and he's got some dual threat ability, baby. Um, God, his sales have already gone up. I, I've look at this. Uh, there were some one of ones of his going for 30, 35, and I was like, eh, not, mm. people are grabbing him. People Dude, are grabbing him, brother. Grabbing him, man. I saw one end at twenty three dollars. That was one I missed out on twenty three. Uh, last week. Now up to 60. Now up to 60. Now up to 60. Riley freaking Leonard. Uh, I was trying to give you another college quarterback this week, and I haven't done a price analysis on this one yet, but um, Michael Penix is a guy. Derek has been on the Michael Penix train. He bought a very nice one-of-one that I purchased for him at the National, and I'm a huge Michael Penix guy. I don't know how good of an NFL quarterback he's going to be. He does have a uh, a wide delivery. It, it, it's a little bit of a windup, and that's really difficult to succeed at the NFL level. But Michael Penix at Washington is very much on Heisman watch this year, and he could play uh, left-handed QB. So just be on the lookout. And uh, and yeah, I, want, I wanted to shout out Derek because he got on uh, my, Michael Penix pretty early. And it's it's been um, it's been going up in family burn liner. Bo Nix was someone else I mentioned not too long ago. So Andy, your play of the week: left-handed mobile QB. Is there any Michael Vick comps there? No, he's nowhere close to Vick in terms of a runner. He can run, uh, but he, he's a better. Uh, he doesn't have the cannon Vick has, but overall, he's a better thrower. So, yeah, Vick is nice. one of them. Uh, but uh, but yeah, into your play of the week. Yeah, man. So I'm I'm looking at the market, and I just I mean, there's some players that still jump out to me, like Tony Pollard uh, from 2019 draft class. On the other side, that um, Giants game Sunday night football. I'm looking at these primetime matchups, like the Bills Jets Monday night. You got the Cowboys Giants Sunday night. A lot of divisional matchups. You got the game Thursday night. With Travis Kelsey out, obviously that gives a, a boost to Noah Gray. Noah Gray is very interesting, but uh, very, very few. I, honestly, I haven't even looked into the Noah Gray 
market yet, to be honest with you. But just knowing that today is Tuesday and the game's in two days, uh, and Travis Kelsey, I can't imagine a, a situation where he misses too much time. Um, so the flip on Noah Gray would have to be like on comc.com or something where I can electronically buy it and sell it before I get it. Um, otherwise, I'm going to bet on more known commodities. I'm still actively trying to hunt some Amon Ross St. Brown uh, cards, that primetime game Thursday night. And then I also like Tony Pollard Sunday night. I've seen that his market has noticeably dipped throughout the preseason with the ascension of Deuce Vaughn. Uh, but if you look at their official depth chart, it's Tony Pollard, Rico Dowdle, and Deuce Vaughn. And Rico Dowdle is a guy that's been in their system that they trust. Uh, so I think that, and he's good in pass protection. So I still think that the, the role is going to be massive for Tony Pollard. And you're going to have Rico in some pass pro situation. And, and Tony Pollard may be on the field at the same time. They move him out to wide receiver position. Because I think Tony Pollard's a better receiver than all the receivers on that team besides CD lamb, besides CD lamb, then maybe Brandon cooks. Uh, but he's basically, I think he can function as their RB one and their wide receiver three. He's going to be out there a lot and it could be massive in prime time as he reminds everybody why he last year dominated week in week out. Why last year he was a RB one. Yeah, it's interesting. Rico Dowdle played in the sec and I really, I, I hardly remember him. I had to look up to see he played at South Carolina. So I am cheering for Deuce Vaughn. I'm cheering for my fellow short king, Deuce Vaughn, trying to overcome the odds, Deuce Vaughn. And uh, the fact that his dad is on the staff is really freaking cool. Um, because we, uh, a lot of you are doing your final home league drafts, um, Andy, are there any fantasy football hot takes? How many home league drafts have you done? I've I've done a bunch, <laughs> done a bunch. Uh, exact number has got to be somewhere around seven or eight. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's I'm pretty much tapped out. I I mean, I it's gonna be a it's it's gonna be a strain this year. Um, so we just got to stay on top of it. You know, it's got since Saturday night. You got to stay up late. You know, a little bit. Make sure you you're ready to go, and then make sure you're adjusting Sunday and and hitting it again Tuesday night for the waiver wires. But um, yeah, so I I mean I think fantasy uh, takeaways to me. I think a lot of people are still still drafting DJ Moore as a wide receiver three. I, I've been in drafts where he has fallen all the way to like. You know, the 20th wide receiver off the board. I kid you not, man. And I just grab him up there every time. I've got a lot of him uh, in the wide receiver two range. I don't mind even uh, reaching on him a little bit um, between a full round to, you know, one pick on his ADP just to get get him on my team in that wide receiver two position. I think he's going to be a wide receiver one. And I think people are – um, I think people are undervaluing him. Uh, I'm really excited to see this Bears offense with a true number one. It, it reminds me, Carter, a lot of A.J. Brown going to the Eagles and what he was able to do with Jalen Hurts alongside. Of course, they had Devonta Smith, who is uh, super dominant. But the Bears uh, have Darno Mooney healthy, and you've got Cole Komet. Uh, which I think there's a little bit injury concern with him, but it's nothing major. He may even be playing this weekend. But but DJ Moore is the difference maker there. He's the X factor. Uh, he's going to be schemed in all over the place, and uh, he's a beast. So I'm excited to see what he can wow. do this year. Yeah. So the puppy uh, just opened. Shout out Underdog Fantasy. 
another puppy open. Promo code Quest, promo code Carter. If you want to sign up, get a deposit match bonus. Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. Are you? Are we drafting puppies? Uh, I mean, it, it, it better fill quick. Uh, first yeah. place for twenty five k. Yeah, yeah. We we need to dra- we need to draft a puppy. Uh, we need to uh, we need to get one in, man. The season starts in two and a half days. Mm. Have you? Uh, be honest. Have you done a best ball mania? I've done a bunch of them. Yeah, but best ball mania fours. I got uh, how many? I don't know. How many I probably you got, got like I probably got like a dozen bullets in the uh, in the chain. Wow, the, you got it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Every every Thursday night when Steve the Hitman and I get on here, we get a lot of pressure to do the BBM fours, uh, especially if Derek Richards in the chat uh, <laughs> and late stick Bush leaguers those uh, those regulars on Thursday night. Um, we we've been doing BBM fours almost every week uh, but there's definitely been some weeks where we've done either the Pomeranian or the the puppy yeah, that's or me. Uh, that's the lower stake stuff that's that's my kind of that's my <laughs> but the, but do you, do you think you're going to win the 3 million that's what I want oh man i hope so i hope so i i got hope uh i feel like i've had some pretty good drafts so i think there's definitely a chance um we'll see if it all comes together man i got i can tell you who i've got the most exposure to Who's that? I know I have a lot of David Montgomery exposure. I do too. I got Monty. a lot of DJ Moore. Let's go, you know, Monty. If this is going to be the year of the 2018-2019 uh, draft class. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, and, and I love that those plays in sports cards right now too when everybody uh, – I'm going to say everybody, but a lot of people. And be careful to make blanket statements like that. I'd say a lot of people, generally speaking, gravitate towards – the brand new product that's being released, the rookies, uh, maybe some of the second year players. So I think there's a lot of third and fourth year players and fifth year players that are going under the radar that are still in their prime. That when the actual game time comes around, they actually uh, explode on the field and their cards have the scarcity on eBay to actually go up in price fairly significantly. Monty. Oh man, I know Hector loves that name, but my Hector's a Jameer Gibbs guy. He's actually a Lions fan. What's up, Forbes? Good to see you. Forbes got a shout out at my film study this uh, this past weekend uh, for for LSU. But but yeah, man, um, it it is interesting. We are, and I'm bullish on college union cards, and uh, I'm bullish on underdog fantasy. Once again, promo code Quest. Or promo code Carter get you a nice little deposit match bonus. That's there crazy. You go. Nine, nine bullets. I got nine bullets in BBM. Uh, BBM three. My God. Or BBM four. Excuse me. BBM four. I think I have exactly forty-one in my account too right now. That's crazy. Okay, so Monty Isaiah Hodgins. A lot of exposure to Hodgins. Well, he is part of the starting starting lineup there for the Giants. Uh, I do expect him to play pretty aggressive. So I think he's a, maybe maybe have a couple weeks contributing to my roster. I might have drafted Najee one time. And there was a while when Najee's football cards were high. Uh like right like right when his rookie product came out. Because he's Alabama running back, Steelers running back, first round draft capital. Look at this. Oh, you got a lot of Sun God, too. I'm on a rock. 
Yeah, I tried to get I tried to get a healthy amount of him. I got a lot of DPJ. I don't see any reason to doubt DPJ. Um, I think when when push comes to shove, when Deshaun Watson wants to throw it deep, I think DPJ is going to be targeted quite a bit. So I'm I'm excited about DPJ with Deshaun Watson. A lot of people are down on Deshaun Watson the past few weeks. You can see his market's been down as well um, in the cards. I, I just think that. Um, I mean, it's it's a great matchup uh, against this weekend against the Bengals, and we'll see what he's made of. The Bengals' defense did take a couple hits. They lost two of their uh, primetime safeties, like their big-time safeties, Jesse Bates and uh, Von – what was his name? Von Bell, I think. Von Von, Bell, yeah. Yeah, Von Bell. Um, So – and and Bates went to the Falcons, which is one of the reasons why the we think the Falcons' defense is going to be better, plus their line stuff. But, you know, this will be an interesting test against the Bengals this weekend – uh, we'll see if we get Joe Burrow day to day, Carter. So I'm optimistic that he plays Joey B day to day. So hopefully he plays because without him, I'm uh, maybe the Nick Chubb show. <laughs> Chubby. All right, Andy. This was an absolute joy. Every Tuesday, 1.30 Central for the foreseeable future until Andy and I get jobs that pay us $5 million a year and we're too busy. Uh, yeah, Kelsey, a little knee situation, uh, but he is out for Thursday. More than likely out for Thursday. Am I right about that? Yeah, I think I'm pretty right. Yeah, I, I think it's – they're saying day-to-day, but it's likely out. I mean, hyperextended his knee, so he was being evaluated after the practice. But, um, yeah, it doesn't sound like he's going to – I mean, this is a really short turnaround Thursday night. So, I mean – It's possible, though. It's possible this is just some drama. You know, the conspiracy theorist would say, oh, it's uh, it's book controlling from Vegas or something, you know. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But well, um, you want to you want to know what's interesting about him, Andy, is I I am Kelsey's age and I used to run a lot like I could knock 10 miles out. No problems asked. I was a soccer player, all that stuff, but I'm chubby. Like it was weird. Like I'm built like a thumb. Okay. And I used to be able to just run super long distances. And then when I turned 33, I could barely go a mile, barely go a mile. Okay. Like, and when that's when it hit me that the age cliff is like just such a real thing. Like I couldn't imagine being 34 and playing NFL tight end, tight end. Like it's not just. You know, you're not a holder. You're not a kicker. You're you're a freaking tight end. You're the best tight end at 34. I, you know, is his body breaking down? I I don't know because he's been by far the best tight end in the sport for so freaking long now. By far the best. So it's it's crazy, man. Um, you know, he's trying to give him a, a a run as the veteran tight end. Well, you got Darren Waller, who's over 30 now, but also. Jimmy Graham and Jimmy, Jimmy, wasn't Jimmy from the 2012 class? Is Jimmy a 2012 rookie? I just remember he was a third rounder out of Miami. I got I got to know now. I remember when he was drafted, Saints fans were so mad. But but at our age, you're right, Carter. It's, it's about time we start transitioning from running on the road, the pavement, or even in the grass to a bicycle, you know, <laughs> say, say the knees. 
It's I'm a closer form to sitting in a chair all day long. Just get some of those bike pedals under the desk. Call that your exercise. You're good <laughs> to go, man. I love it. So uh, we'll we'll see we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Don't forget, Andy has all kinds of content outside of this. And peace out. Peace out, y'all. Bow. Bow.